welcome. Let me get photo booth thing up and running here. Make its cool little countdown sound. And now it's filming me too. In a moment here, I'll be joined by my father for uh, our segment, Fathers and Sons, Moments in Time. Might sound kind of cheesy, but um, for me, it's important. All conversations I have with my dad are important, especially as an adult. When I was a kid, they're important looking back in hindsight. They're important to me, but at the time, they weren't so important. So um, my dad will call in in a moment here, you know, and, uh, and we'll get to talking about a couple of topics that I hope we can discuss in an organic fashion, and I'll edit as I need to so that he and I can just talk freely the way that we do. And um, where we ramble on, I will edit out so that people don't have to worry about listening to that. That's our own language. But the first few things that I was hoping he and I could talk about um, would, were are fatherhood in the 90s versus uh, fatherhood maybe today. Although neither here I could speak too much to that. He could speak more to it being a grandpa, I suppose fatherhood today as best as we can fatherhood in the 90s from my perspective as a kid really his as a dad and then fatherhood in you know the 50s and 60s and um, what's changed we all want better for our progeny for those that come after us um, and the unavoidable topic of um, fatherlessness in the home because that's what we're dealing with the greatest crisis of fatherlessness in any industrialized country as cited by the book Raising Cain and this was in I, I can look it up uh, 2004 I remember reading it when I first got started out working with youth and that would have been really in earnest here in Austin in 2005, 2006. I graduated in May of 2004 and got started working with youth at the RTC there. The RTC I attended as a kid, as a troubled teenager, and then worked at as a house parent right at right out of college. Um, but I really got cooking. I really wasn't cooking with grease as far as being passionate about it until after that experience. Until I moved to Austin, completed my time at AmeriCorps as a mentor uh, mentor tutor at J.E. Pierce Middle School, which no longer exists, I don't think, at least not under that name, and, uh, and then began to work for what is now called the Safe Alliance, but at the time when it was smaller, uh, was called the Austin Children's Shelter. Still does amazing work, just different organizations blended together to kind of provide even more awesome services. Um, it did become more big and corporate than I w would like, but it does life-saving stuff so that's good too um but it was a very small mom and pop outfit when i first started and i remember i was so passionate and i knew i didn't have the money to go back to school so i was reading every book i could on um on the, on the topic of working with youth specifically working with adolescent boys because that's what i was tasked with doing at the time and i had gone to school to you know, to be a writer, 
to understand literature, to be an actor, to be a teacher, not to work with youth. Ending up there was a completely random detour. So um, anyway, with that being said, uh, we'll just jump right into it um, with, uh, with our conversation. All right, we'll edit this part out later, but I'm gonna give my pops a call here. He's old, you know, so you gotta you gotta help him out a little bit. Then again, I'm an old soul too. Hopefully, this shit will be loud enough. Probably not, but. Hello. Hey there. How you doing? I am doing all right today. Yeah. How about yourself? We're fine. The sprinkler uh, service person just happened to stop by, so. Always but something, huh? Well, no, he just checks the system at, what, what, twice a year or something like that? No, I just meant in terms of home maintenance is all. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but he, he uh, we only needed one replacement. We get one free one every visit, so. Gotcha. So it didn't cost us anything. So. But actually, I, I, was, I was saying, going to say to Mom that I was watching Steve Dace this afternoon. Mm -hmm. He was talking briefly, well, some of it was about he's going to be, I think he's going to be doing a, a series. I don't know if it's on TV, he was thinking of writing a book about the whole COVID thing and Fauci and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. But he, he was also talking about, you know, the uh, National Guard going to some military people, I think it was National Guard, going to the different congressional offices and stuff like that. And and he he was just commenting that, you know, he's never seen that before. You know, what's the Army doing going and seeing congressional people? And his father-in-law, who was in the 101st Airborne Division, uh, just looked, and I guess they were talking about it, and he just said to him, and along with the women and, you know, the, the downgrading of uh, qualifications. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. He just said, you know, it's just not my army anymore. Yeah. And what Steve's point was, which was well taken, is that we're, uh, we're uh, you know, we're a debtor nation. We're running trillions of dollars of debt. We don't have gold. We don't have silver. And the only thing that protects us from the collectors at the gate has been the United States military. Right. And he said, if we're losing that edge now, we're over. You know, he said, if in a few years, you know, this, this, what they're doing now, which it wouldn't take very, was that? No, sorry, uh -huh. that, that was huh? my software. Oh, no. no, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, but he was, he was just saying that, you know, in, in, in a year or two, it doesn't take long. I mean, it started even even when Jason J Jason was in, you know, I mean, some some of them were okay. A lot of them were past. They're 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 not actually required to to do the the exact physical things that the men are required to do. Right. And it's you know it's only gotten worse since then because they they want to you know they're not worried about whether. The military can actually fight and kill who they need to kill to worry about if it looks politically correct. So, right. 
Well, you know, and it, that's it's more a, important to me. It's a scary. It's, it's a scary. It's a scary thing. It's an embarrassing thing. It's well, um. It's dangerous because what his yeah. point was that's the only thing preventing China from collecting the debt. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, that. Yeah, and there was an admirable ad, admiral that was on. Um, it wasn't Jack Keane. He he appeared on Fox News, but. A military official, and I don't know whether the clip was recent or from, you know, several months ago, but he was basically saying, you know, it, it's alarming how, uh, how powerful China's military has become. And he said, you know, should we have a war with them, we could very well lose, you know. Uh, not that we would lose. But that we very well could. Uh, but I, uh, just for perspective, I mean, I think it's important that to to note we wouldn't be going like mano on mano. We didn't do that in World War II either. You know what I mean? Like we would have allies, and they would too. And so like. But, but you know, your your allies will only be your allies as long as they think you value them. That's true. You know. Yeah. You know, France was our ally in World War II, and that didn't work out very well. That didn't last very long. They, they surrendered to the Germans the first time that they, they came to the West. So, I mean, I, it's, uh, it's, it's just an unfortunate state of affairs, you know, and, and apparently, and I, 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 I don't doubt that this is true, but there's uh, one of the little headlines I, I saw was that uh, the Biden administration is flatlining the military budget. So basically, basically, they're not going to spend any more than they've been spending, or even spend less than they did on, you know, the last uh, fiscal year. Uh, and so, if they do nothing else between increasing the quote women in combat situations, which if you're a helicopter pilot or a pilot, you know, or and, and certainly or there's there's many things that in the military that a woman can do, but being in the infantry. You know, and, 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 and being in, in armor and things like that, is, that's a whole different form. Yeah. Um, you know, the Israelis have to do it because they, they don't have, I mean, they need every able-bodied person they can get. That's why, it's, and it's not that the women are in the front line all the time, but they have to go through the training. They have to be strong you know, enough. Uh, yeah. They have to be uh, ready to go if they need them to fill the ranks. And they're, you know, and but they're living in a life and death situation of debt. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I mean, it, it, Russia was the same way. The Soviet Union was the same way. You know, their women flew combat air, aircraft in the war. They they were, they were front lines. You know, the, the, the Russians, probably the Chinese too, but they got so many. They don't really need the women in that particular role. Right. But but uh, there are many things that a, a woman can do. Um, but being an infantry soldier and you know carrying an eighty some odd pound pack on your back and you know all that stuff is I don't know you know although uh, I, I at this point you know it, I we're, we're just, who knows what we're going to look like in, in another six months or even a year so. You but, want. But the point, the point simply was that we have no more guard at the gate. The guard at the gate was our U.S. military. As soon as that's not respected for our main, the individuals that are our debtor nations that, that we owe money to, especially China, but even Russia and other countries are going to say, hey, you know, we own you. So, 
Let me ask you a question. Despite all of that, despite all of that, uh, and then we'll get to the other stuff, but despite all, all, of, all of these unpleasant developments, you know, I, I do keep track at, uh, there's two websites. One you directed me toward at one uh, point, which uh, assesses every branch of, yeah. the, of the military. And then there's another one called Global Firepower, which, which rates countries as well and does a really good job breaking it down. I forget the first one, but Global Fire for 2021 20, still rates us as number one. However, it's by the slimmest margin I've ever seen it. And where it's particularly slim when you really break it down is in one area where you had always said in the 90s when I was growing up that that was where we were, we had the advantage. Our ability to respond in real time to any conflict or any area of interest in the world. They now don't necessarily supersede us in that, but we're at exact parity. Like they well, can. I'd, I'd, I'd say yeah. we're less than that because we don't have the mechanism. We do not have the ability to do what George H. W. Bush did. And you know, in nineteen, uh, what was it, nineteen ninety? Yeah, or ninety one. I was too. I was yeah. young. In ninety one, or and you know, we we we. The problem that we have is that we're, uh, and and this is something that once we became a continental power. Um, and it didn't happen right away, obviously. But as as, as we solidified our western coastline, you know, with with uh, American settlers and stuff, and as time went on, we, we then became a, a uh, we had to be even before we we're anywhere near a superpower, we had to be able to, to defend both coasts. So we were, were we were, and that's why Japan early on, even after we opened them up. Uh, Japan recognized that at some point down the line, as they were modernizing, that that they would probably have to be in conflict with us because we were, to them, we were a Pacific power. Right. To the Europeans, we were an Atlantic power. So, you know, when we in World War II, that's why we had the Pacific Fleet at uh, at Pearl Harbor, and we. You know, we had Guam, Wake Island, Philippines, um, and so forth. That was to protect our interests in the Pacific, in the Pacific trade routes, and so forth. Um, but we have no. That's long. That's been long. But we, whatever they say in that book, that's that's bullshit. Because we're we're not. We we couldn't do that right now. We don't have the airlift capability. We probably still do to some extent. But everything's been scaled back. And it's been, we're scaled back starting in the Obama administration. So on paper, we may we may look like we're, we were, uh, say, before Obama came in or even Clinton, but we're really not. We're not there. I, I would not put my money on it. Um, no, I, I you know, trust that you're probably right. Power, you know, technology, they've caught up with us. They've stolen a lot of our Well, I was going to say, I, I did a video the other day where I was talking about, yeah, they stole... They've caught up with us, but they stole a lot of our intellectual property. And, and the there's Biden no way to know. Helped help them get that so, to, to some extent. Yeah. So did the Clintons. Yeah. So, yeah, no, our, our leaders have totally, they sold out their, I mean, it's treasonous if you think about it. They sold out yeah. their, they didn't just sell out the voter, the individual person. They sold out the nation. Yeah, yeah they did. You know, um, 
And there's only one way, frankly, to save it, and that's to address the adversary. And the only way that's going to happen is if you have a complete restoration of constitutional government, actual leadership, and a change a change of regime in Washington, like a, oh, you know. Well, you know, when it comes to the military, two short things that you got to take into consideration um, is that when an administrations change, depending on the tenor of the administration. Now, normally in the past, up until only recently, into the Clinton and Obama years, um, the administrations that were coming and going when it came to national defense were pretty much on the same page. Right. So that meant even if they changed, which was their right, to change uh, a lot of the personnel in the Pentagon and the Joint Chiefs of Staff and so forth, um, these people was, were still competent. The people they have today are not competent because they are their political sellouts. So a guy can be an admiral, he can be a Marine Corps, uh, you know, uh, five-star general doesn't mean he's, he doesn't mean he's an old-school marine or an old-school admiral you know most of the people they got in there now and all these top people are political appointees don't forget when you get to a certain rank you know when you get in the pentagon which is one of the reasons i always i've, I've advocated for a long long time that we should it's not uh, it's not a defense department we should get rid of that name it's the War Department, Department of War. Right. You know, tell it like it is. It's a department whose job is to kill our enemies. Yeah. Um, and the best way to kill your enemy is to do it on their soil instead of on ours. But um, ideally, yeah. But the Pentagon is a huge. It's it's no different in in, in so many ways. It's so politicized and always and has been almost since its inception. It's just massive. You know, the, department, or the War Department in World War II was nothing. It was a fraction of a which, thumbnail. Which is hard to believe, spend, actually. Well, they spend all this money, but all that brass walking around, you don't need 500 colonels and God knows how many generals and admirals. You don't. You need a few people in key positions that actually know what the hell they're doing. That's all you need. Yeah. And who are able to, to understand what what needs to be done to protect the country, and then has builds a force, whether it's Navy, Air Force, or Army, whatever, that builds a force around them with subordinate officers that can do the job. But in th those days, I don't know, you know, I don't know that we're going to survive the, the four years of this administration. One way or the other, I just don't know, because the people that they're putting in, like these people in this I guess. The new Secretary General. of Defense? No, the, the, oh. the, the soul, the general, whatever is it, went back, was going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, too. He's part of the Space Force, I think. He's, he's a political appointee mm -hmm. by an administration that, A, doesn't know his ass from his elbow, and two, is and that just another uh, uh, third administration of the Obama administration. He has not given a shit about protecting our country. He's given a shit about the people paying, you know, that are patronage is too that's all it is well and the other thing is is and they appoint all the downline officers it's a civilian 
I, d I don't know. I kind of feel like Tucker had, you know, j <clears throat> should you support, coming from a military family, you know, should you should support the mil military? Absolutely. On the other hand, it's a civilian-led and over-led military. And therefore, as far as I'm concerned, Tucker saying something to the effect of we should be more concerned about our adversaries and how we look to the world than designing uniforms for pregnant soldiers is perfectly appropriate. It's a hundred percent appropriate. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, for, and 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 it's and and, and it's there inappropriate. There should not be pregnant soldiers. Uh, no, of course there shouldn't. But it's it's completely <laughs> inappropriate for this. I don't know his rank. This <laughs> member of the space force to come out and criticize him. It's it's like he's got he's got. I, I kind of I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this video of this guy criticizing Car uh, Carlson. I'm thinking to myself, you've got the roles confused there, buddy. It's actually. Do, do you not? Do you not get it? Like, I mean, we appreciate your service. He he. Car Tucker appreciates the military. Says it all the time. But as far as who's criticize, who's there to criticize whom? You've got the roles reversed. Right. You know, Jason always used to say, "I didn't know or give a crap what people were what? saying back home when I was in Iraq. I had a job to do." Yeah. You know, like, and I was. Uh, the what? support matters. I'm not saying it doesn't. My point is that, to me, that seemed like. Uh, and maybe it's well, just because I, I haven't seen it before, like a threshold that we crossed that we haven't crossed before well, with him addressing the, the, the Tucker directly. Thing, yeah, I, I think that... You know, the, a the, journalist the of sorts. Yeah, when you're talking about civilian leadership, yes, constitutionally, the military is, un, is, is takes the oath to the Constitution. Uh, but when it comes to something like a back and forth or journalists or something like that, that's a different story. You don't owe them anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They are not your commander. You have, there's no direct line between the Constitution and Tucker Carlson or anybody else. So if you want to have a, a back and forth, which you should, because it's really, a, there's no reason for you to get involved in it, but you should. It's not something that I would recommend. I am. Because you can, what you do is you go through your senators and your representatives. They're the ones who fight your battles. Because they're the ones who pay you. They're the ones who you have to listen to. And as well as the president. You know, he's the commander-in-chief. The Congress is the one who funds you. Yeah. You know, but uh, on a journalist, it's, yeah, you want to... Why you would waste your time going back and forth with journalists, I don't know. But it, I, don't, I, I don't necessarily frown on The other thing is, you know, don't forget, we're... We're coming to the end of our superpower role. For all intents and purposes, I think we're there already. Uh, 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 well, I was gonna, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna seg sort of segue to that to ask you a question because I was just thinking that same thing. You know, even in the '90s, I remember, you know, I I had an exchange recently with an old high school teacher I told you about that that was pretty cool yeah. uh, who actually taught and he was asking questions that actually mattered um, we were all eyes were still on Washington in your words and you in the 90s used to say especially in the late 90s late Bill Clinton years you were like you know you referenced a time when you were younger where you were like you know all eyes were on Washington and what Washington was going to do or not do, and people sought to come here for a better life, uh, despite 
all uh, of our problems now, despite the, I mean, would, would you say that A, still, we're still the country that people seek most to come to? Without well, even looking I'll, it up, I'll, I would say yes. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not just talking about from <laughs> South America and Central America. But the thing is, since we don't have control over our immigration, the people who are getting in are takers. No, I, I agree. They all are, because that's not fair. I, I, a lot of them are takers. What we need to come in are the people who can do jobs. Right. We, we need... Not, we, we not need, just field jobs. We need know, a system like, like, most other, like most other countries have. But right. would, would you say that today that all eyes still are still on Washington, or would you say that it's, a, it's a more and more irrelevant? Is that what you mean by saying well, that for I, all intents I and purposes we're I, already I at the I, end of superpower status? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the, the one, we, like you said, we still have valuable allies, and certainly India is a, a, a key in that. Uh, I think if we lose India uh, or Australia, even Australia, which is, not, you know, it's not a huge, it, it has a decent little army and navy and air force, but it's not a superpower or even a major power. Uh, but Australia uh, is kind of, they're the ones who have to keep an eye on China because they're really China's uh, in area of influence. Okay? Yes. And even though they're still, you know, predominantly pro-American, they cannot ignore the fact that China, China is growing in strength, not just in the sense of commerce and all this, but in the sense of wanting to increase its role in the world. Um, and one of the first places China is going to look to, obviously, is going to, it's, the real test is going to be, for us and China, is going to be what are we going to do when they decide, which could be any time, that they're going to take back Taiwan. Well, uh, yeah, so, and, and that's what this... Uh, Jack Keane was talking about on Fox Business. They're going to do that in the next four years. And we have an obligation treaty-wise, do we not, to do something if they do? Is that well, we have an obligation to treaties, but what's on paper and what and what actually happens is, is two different things. You know, Germany had a tripartite arrangement with Italy and Japan. And when Germany uh, was fighting the Soviet Union, what it expected Japan to do was to take some of its forces and keep the Soviet Union, some of the Soviet forces tied up in, in facing Japan. Because don't forget, they have that island that comes down just, just above Japan. And, uh, they, and Japan never did. And they never put any pressure on the Soviets to protect that part entry up to their country. Uh, and that was one of the things that really did hurt because that allowed Stalin to take all, many of those divisions. He still left some, but to take many of those key divisions, especially you know when when Germany was pushing towards Moscow, and bring them back and to, and, and to be the reserves of the fight. And, and they they really were the deciding factor uh, in in those battles, those final battles, Stalingrad and so forth. So, yeah, you can have an ally on paper. The question is, you know, will they stand it? And the same thing with the British. The British had, you know, and the French were allies. And neither one was supposed to make a decision about surrender with, with a, uh, or coming to terms with a foe uh, 
without consulting the other, and the French just cap capitulate. You know. Well, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens because I actually think that so I'm, well, that I'm move not, will be made this year. You can, you can have something on a piece of paper. What counts is the people you have in office at the time that that bill is 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 called. Right. Because sometimes it's not the people who initially sign the agreement that have that are going to be there when that agreement has to be put into force. And that's what happened in France. By the time it really mattered. You had different people in in power, different people leading leading the military, and they're all appeasers, most of them. And they just felt that even though they had the Maginot Line and all, supposedly the greatest army in, in the world, certainly numerically, um, they just didn't feel that they could beat the Germans. Uh, so they, you know, they made that arrangement, and they for most of the war up until 1944, they had a independent theoretically independent Vichy government but once they needed to they just went in and took that over too um, so yeah I mean it, you can have those things but you need the people in power it's the moment you need them to be willing to say okay we have this treaty with you and we're going to support it I don't think I think if they go to take Taiwan I don't think Joe Biden's going to do the damn thing I don't I, I don't think he's got, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to want to risk doing anything well, I, I think yeah, he's in their pocket. I don't know that he can do it's anything. A, it's a little island. Yeah. You know, yeah, we do business with it, but but it, it's, you know, it's, it's the only thing that it, can, uh, it amounts to is keeping face in the world. If we don't follow through on it, it really, then it hurts the more important allies we have. Well, if they stick up with it. But, you know, of course, if you've got uh, Germany or, you know, if it's something... Western Europe or something, we might do some. I don't, I'm not saying he wouldn't do anything. I just don't know that they would look at Taiwan as a priority. As a priority, because there's a lot of people, and you know, that just say, why are we, we even wasting time with Taiwan? Right. The Chinese, they're going to get it eventually. Yeah. And they will eventually. You know, Taiwan is not going to be independent forever. Um, and they could probably take it today, and nothing. Well, they probably could have taken it during Obama's time. I, you know, that's very possible, and even maybe during Trump's time, and he would have been and limited in what he could no, have done. No, I don't think so. I think Trump. I don't think. I think Trump would have come out. I think he would have actually stood up. Yeah, I think I, he would. Have. I mean, you rewind 100 years. It's 2021. You rewind 100 years, and America was leading the world in ev just about every industry, and it was on the cusp. It was about to go through some extraordinary times probably dur times that during going through them people didn't think they w the country was ever going to come out of it which does give me some hope although there's there's the x factor today and that's technology that that makes me worry but um we were on the cusp of an american century and i think well, if we you're the average chinese uh, like we, we, the, we had an american century from 1945 yeah i know i'm saying like but we were on the cusp of like a, you know, that was what the 20th century was going to be the American century. Right. I think that, you know, it's very, I, ho I hope it's not the case, but I don't really see a way around it. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that this will materialize as an understanding like tomorrow, but I th here's what I see. I see a global governance system settling in with China hoping to be at the helm. 
and so the 21st century will be one of a global community where like for all intents and purposes Beijing is uh, where yeah. where all the well, rules are made Beijing is kind of the the heart of all of it in the same way I was going to say that Brussels is to the EU but the comparison yeah. isn't even close I you know I I'm, in other words the the the, the world order the new world system of, of of bureaucratic governance won't be run out of the United Nations building in New York if I were to just guess you know make an uneducated just guess I think it'll be out of Beijing because they're going to export and already are exporting their le their surveillance systems to us their social crediting score system to us their, um, you know, honestly, even their system of uh, family values and stuff like that, a lot of young people, whether they realize it or, or not, are mimicking that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, I know, but that's also because we have political people who, who you know, Obama was, was always anti-American. And, and you've got Biden, who's just too stupid, you know, to, to yeah. you know, I mean, he's so Or he's a genius. And, and the people behind Biden are pretty much all the Obama. Pretty much, I thought they almost well, exclusively I mean, were. Yeah, you know, you know, right now, like you say, we we the one thing we do have an edge with, you know, when it comes, I uh, I think if we, I think we we have we have an obligation to keep our alliances the way they are, at least for the foreseeable future, and um, we need to have a military force that can support that. And one of the ways we can offset some of the things that may be happening in, in the, let's say, human part of the military, um, especially the, like the Marine Corps and the Army, um, is that our technology is advancing very quickly, and we will have if we don't already have. I, I'm sure in, in, it, it's, it's been developed, whether, whether it's re almost ready for actual use. We're going to have robotic, robotic soldiers. I think we're almost there. I, I will bet on it. They have uh, some and, scary and we're stuff have out other already. other tools that people mm -hmm. aren't even aware of yet, not yeah. even the Chinese. Uh, so, yes, I think that... But, but the thing is... One of the things I want to see reinstored was I, I always believed in a volunteer army, mm -hmm. but that was up until we, we became a superpower and we have to defend these, you know, all these other nations and so forth. And I think that one of the things that was an advantage when I was in it, we had we still had the draft. Yeah. And you know, you could you could go in for a year or two, um, and you know, or join. Uh, for three years in the Army, four or five in the Air Force and Marine Corps. Um, but you, you, you were drawing people from all across the country, which was engaging them in the realization that there was something greater than themselves to protect. Right. Um, we don't do that anymore. And that's one of the, down, the, the downside of an all-volunteer army, is that, yes, in, in maybe least in some part, the, the quality is maybe better, but you're not spreading 
you're not Americanizing. I was going to say, yeah, the the, it's about. You could make the argument, and I, there's no way, and I, I'll admit this freely. To anybody listening, there's I would not have said this at 22, at 26. I mean, my, my views have obviously changed, and. I'm too old for the military now, so I'm not trying to sound hypocritical, but serving in some form or fashion in the military, and and, and I say in some form or fashion, I mean, I, I imagine there's tons of ways you can serve. The Israeli military even has different areas for their ultra-Orthodox Jews to try to start drawing in them. Um, well, I mean, not, ev- not everybody, I mean, the majority of the in the military or in support roles, not all in right. tanks. In other words, so so you, yeah, you can exactly like so that you can build that unity, that sense of like you know this is why this is necessary, um, instill or try to present the the values that you know we're all here for, um, and well, appeal to a wide a wide ver- array of people. In fact, I think that that would be one of the things that. And get rid of deferments, too, because that creates a, a tier system, a class system, or per, a perceived one, anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you get a deferment because you're in college, or you get a deferment because you're, um, you know, your your daddy's a senator or whatever. Or, you know, unless there's, you know, the some real, uh, real important reason shouldn't have too many loopholes and i feel like a hypocrite saying that because you know my views have changed and conveniently now that i'm you know uh, i'll bring i'll bring this this particular discussion to a close on this note is that we we don't one of the key things that's out there that counterbalances china which we don't even think about sometimes because we're always looking to western europe and you know the conventional uh, areas we've been involved in in the world is that the other ally that we have that's extremely important as a counterbalance to, to China, along with Australia, but even more important in Australia, is India. The only problem we have with India is that India has has to be concerned with Pakistan also. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't for Pakistan, and I'm sure it gives mo- mo- most of its attention to, to what China's doing, because India also has an interest in growing powerful. Of course they do. You know, yeah. so and they're I'm projected saying, to grow militarily saying, in, China, in China's environment. There are other countries who have the capacity to challenge it, and India is certainly one of them. Well, we will see. Yeah. As you as you've said, from the beginning of the year, things are going to move quickly, and uh, so. As far as like you know, I don't remember. I was just about to reference a conversation. Oh, I was I was talking to a, a guy, a kid I used to work with. He's like 26 now, um, oh. and uh, we were talking about just like the the rapid nature of like the changes going on all around us. Um, <laughs> And I actually had a larger point that just slipped my mind. See, you always say you, you always say it's your age, but I'm telling you, like I inherited it from you, it's just gone. I I started to make my point, and I was like, oof, it's it's out of it's out of my head. But 
Uh, oh, we were saying, you know, as far as suspense is concerned, you're not going to have to wait too long. You know what I mean? Like, if you're the kind yeah. of person that's just like, I just can't wait any longer, the slow burn, well, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you're going to have to worry too much. I think the events no. are popping off and you're no. going to start they're seeing some push, action. They're going to push really, they are pushing hard. Yeah, they are. They've they got, are pushing hard. They're, they're trying to nationalize, they're trying to nationalize Nancy Pelosi and the administration is trying to nationalize everything in the states. Mm-hmm. And they have no authority to do that. I know. So yeah. it's a question. I don't care what they do. My my thing is what do we do as people? What do we let them get in? This is stuff that they, they can say whatever they want, but they don't, you know, at what point do certain states just say, you know, certainly red state governors, and some of those are falling too, yeah. is that you, you just say, you know, I'm sorry, you don't have that authority right. to come into my state and tell me what I'm going to do on these issues. That's, exactly. that's not your role. Not, um, yeah. And I think that that's an area that has to be has to be addressed and addressed hard. I just, because these folks, they're, they're, like I said, I was saying to, to mom the other night, you know, at least in the late 20s, when uh, the, the National Socialists and the Communists, in the beginning, obviously, the Communists were the more, more dominant um, political party, um, far left political party in Germany. Um, but you had, so, you had so many parties. You had Catholic Party. You had the Steel Helmet Party, which was the World War One veterans. And then you had the small party called the National Socialists. Well, eventually, as they grew, they became... They, they, they fought their battles out in the streets, and, and that's where they actually won, that's where the National Socialists beat them. They, they out-fought them in the streets. That's what the SA was for, the stormtroopers. Right. They were there not just to protect Hitler, which became the SS, but the brown shirts were there to fight the communists in the streets, and they did, and they won. And that was one of the reasons that they were able to, to stick around long enough to actually get in power. Uh, right now, we have nobody in the streets fighting BLM or Antifa or any of these things, oh, which are I, still going on, just no one talks about Right, them. and on the contrary, I know we're wrapping up here, but in the bill HR1, the For the People bill, <laughs> which Anytime is... Anytime they wh say that, you know it's Oh, seven, it's, a seven, exactly I, it's a 790 page monstrosity that I'm going to get to read. I'm going to read it. This, oh. I'm going to read it this afternoon, and I'll report back to you. But one of one of one of the definitions in it is they're going to do all kinds of things. They want to give voting rights to everybody. They want to okay, oh, but no, but I know. I know. but get this. Here's one of the lines in here, and I'm it's I'm. So, so anybody listening, I'll refer to my other video where I quote it verbatim. I'm going to paraphrase here. Essentially, it talks about creating advisory boards in youth settings, like in high schools like little committees to go and rally the vote now what do you want to bet that they're not going to be rallying people to vote for whomever they feel like is the best person oh, of course not. Of you know course what i mean not. those new those new committees right. and i you know hand to god if i'm wrong and i'm being hyperbolic i will apologize but but they have no place in our schools they have no place in our schools but they're not going to be balanced is what i'm saying Oh no! You know they're not they're not oh, going to be balanced well, no. if they create them at all. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, but anyway. At any rate. Moving hold, on. Move. Yeah. Well. Hold on. 